0: Hey guys, and welcome to a brand new episode of Nerds Talk Movies. My name is Taylor, and I'm going to be your host today. Drew, how are you doing today, Drew? All right, let's just get that out of the way. I am doing great. In fact, I'm doing spectacular. Amazing. Super was sitting right there. You had all the puns last week, you had all the jokes about Star Wars. It was too easy. It was like
1: that. It was like in this movie when they said, look up in the sky. I mean, like, ugh. (laughs)
0: But I am joined with Drew Garrison, as always, and brought back for another week, we have Donnie Smith. Donnie, how you feeling, man?
2: I'm feeling well. I'm happy to be back, and I'm very excited
0: to talk a little
2: Superman with you guys.
0: Dude, same. Like This is a movie that I've wanted to talk about for a while. It's not... I I think all of us are going to agree. I don't think it's the best. There's problems with it. But I think also the DCU and everything with James Gunn's Superman and where he's already talked about where he wants to take his Superman. I think there's some interesting things to look at with this movie. But you saw the title, you know the deal. Today we are talking about Superman, Man of Tomorrow. Here is a synopsis for Superman, Man of Tomorrow, courtesy of IMDb. Quote, Daily Planet intern Clark Kent takes learning on the job to new extremes when Lobo and Parasite set their sights on Metropolis, end quote. And here are some of the main cast for the film, along with director and writer credits. Again, this is coming from IMDb. It was directed by Chris Palmer. It was written by Tim Sheridan. Superman was created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster. The ghost. Martian Manhunter was created by Joe Smashton and Joe Serta. I feel like I got that first name wrong. I apologize. Ron Troop was created by Jerry Ord- Ordway and Tom Grumetti. Lobo was created by Keith Giffen and Roger Sliver. The voice cast goes as follows. Darren Criss as Clark Kent slash Superman. Alexandra Daddario as Lois Lane. Zachary Quinto as Lex Luthor. Ike Amati as Martian Manhunter. Ryan Hurst as Lobo. Brett Dalton as Rudy Jones slash Parasite. Eugene Bird as Ron Troop. Peter Michael as Perry White. Bellamy Young as Martha Kent and Neil Flynn, a.k.a. the janitor from Scrubs, as Jonathan Kent. Drew, I'm going to be turning the prelude this week over to you. You are far more knowledgeable than me when it comes to the DC Animated Universes, so can you give us and the audience a rundown on how Superman Man of Tomorrow came to be? What movies are connected to this? How does it, or doesn't it, connect to the last DC Animated Universe?
1: Okay, so, like uh, Taylor alluded to, there was a previous DC animated movie verse. That one's called The Animated New 52. This one hasn't really gotten an official name yet, so most people call it The Tomorrowverse. And it's named after this movie because this was the first one in it. And it is connected, it basically has a bunch of new connections because the previous new 52 one went out in a blaze of glory or sadness. Pick, pick your poison. And this one was basically the start of a new connected universe, one for a new canon. And basically, I guess DC's anime department wanted to prove that the DCEU shouldn't have so much trouble connecting all these movies because they keep doing this and it's hilarious <laughs> but yeah so uh man of tomorrow was basically a way of returning to form of going back to some of the more classic style of storytelling that the dc universe is known for hope optimism and so much more which the new 52 was not lacking in but you could tell it wanted to straddle that darker edge and the Tomorrowverse sorta of feels like the sorta of feels like if I can compare it to the DC animated universe where like Justice League and Justice League Unlimited sort of have their shares in. It sort of feels like they're trying to recreate that with a new art style. Man of Tomorrow was the one that kicked it off and honestly did a good job as many people soon held faith that the Tomorrowverse might be something to keep coming back to. And this one was even nominated for Best Superhero Film at the 2021 Critics' Choice Super Awards. It was that well-received. But, uh, just to get the comic inspiration out of the way, this one was actually drew inspiration from two different storylines. Superman, American Alien, and Superman Birthright. Both are awesome stories. Superman Birthright is one of my favorite Superman storylines ever. Superman, American Alien, I am less familiar with. If we had Tristan here, he'd probably say like, "Drew, go read it. You you should really hold up on your Superman." But I do know American Alien is about Superman and what he means to the to the world and how, um, well, just like in this movie, how he was scared with his impossible powers when it first stopped when it first started.
0: Also, I'm sorry to take us back to what you were saying earlier about the new DC animated universe. But what all is actually connected to this one? Isn't it like a Justice League, World, Justice Society, World War Two, Batman and Long Halloween? Oh, uh, okay. So, The Tomorrowverse has a
1: few movies out now. But yeah, The Batman, The Long Halloween, Parts 1 and 2. That is a part of it. We have Justice Society, World War Two, Green Lantern, Beware My Power, Legion of Superheroes, and... An upcoming film known as Justice League War World, which means Mongols going to appear in it, which means I am buying First Day. (laughs) It's also said to be connected to the Adam Strange 2020 uh, DC Showcase and Kamandi, the last boy on Earth, which is another DC Showcase,
0: but they didn't call it a DC Showcase. So what are you guys' general thoughts on Superman Man of Tomorrow? For the most part, I do enjoy it.
2: Um, Like you said earlier, there are some problems, but at least to me, they're easily, they can be ignored really easily because I don't know about you guys, but I feel like this movie does a really good job at nailing Superman or what Superman is supposed to be, I should say.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree to like, at least at this age for Superman, you see the idealism in the character. And he doesn't feel, as much as I do love And I hate to bring this, this comparison up Because we do it all the time And we like Henry Cavill's take on Superman Typically on Nerds Top Movies But there is a little bit of edginess and Broodiness to Henry Cavill's Superman In that movie Yeah, You don't really see that here at all You could
1: to- you could totally put some of the Man of Steel shots Over a Lincoln Parker Day cover
0: true <laughs> what are your thoughts man on this movie
1: i love this movie uh i admittedly i do have some biases because my boy martian manhunter gets his due and john is ignored a lot for his i think mostly because of his op power set if i'm gonna be completely honest but uh john is in this movie lobo's in this movie you actually have Superman being generally worried about worried about just the common man and trying to connect with his enemy. It's like, this feels like classic Superman in a awesome way. And th- when this first came out, it was still during the DCEU sort of hype. And also like, let's just say it, COVID. So getting a little bit of hopefulness was, it pretty much came out at the right time to like spark some interest with people. Uh, I know some people are a little bit tired of seeing Superman's origin story since it's been retold at this point as many times as Spider-Man's, but I feel like it has enough change to where it's pretty in- it's pretty interesting and not a lot of Clark's origin stories ever delve into his fear of being re- rejected because of his alienness. It's mostly like how it's mostly about his power, not about his literally being an immigrant. So. Really like this.
0: Yeah, and to talk about James Gunn's DCU one more time here, it does seem like what he's already revealed about his Superman movie, Superman, was it Superman Legacy? Yeah, Legacy. Yes. It does seem like he's taking, I don't want to say from this, but it does seem like he's taking some like, hey, he's going to be younger, now at the Daily Planet, Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane, and there's also going to be a lot about his heritage as a human and as a kryptonian like both families there so i find that pretty interesting and you can kind of look at this movie and see the potential in that i think i do think like this movie's main issue is probably parasite and that just comes from the villain not being really i I don't know how aware he was of what he's doing yeah yeah that's the thing that kept getting me. I'm like, you're a war veteran who's doing everything for your family, and you seem like a really nice guy, but at times you seem like you don't know you're killing people, and then you know you're killing people. It's just, I don't know. Like It was a weird juxtaposition there for me.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they couldn't decide, okay, should he be aware? Is the chemicals messing
0: with his mind and everything? And maybe that's what it is, but the movie doesn't really make that clear to the audience I think. Especially like when you look at stuff like Martian Manhunter and Superman and how their characters are really portrayed and Lex Luthor like all that seems very well done and well executed and then you got this and it that looks, it just stands out to me. Yeah. As the one glaring problem. Mm-hmm. But uh, that that's pretty much it for my general thoughts. I think this is a pretty damn good movie. The other glaring problem I think it does have and is it going to be a problem for the entire Tomorrowverse? You don't like the art style? You and me talked about The Long Halloween a few months back. I don't think we really had an issue with it but over the last few months and seeing this movie now three times in total I don't care for the art style. I just, there's something about it that's off to me. To be honest I... I
1: feel like the art style works for certain superheroes and it kind of fails in others. Like if you watch Green Lantern Beware My Power, the art style is holding back that movie. <laughs> but if you but um watching like stuff like Legion of Superheroes, it's kind of perfect for it. But yeah, I can understand. The art style is definitely unique. It's a hit or miss feeling to it. And, uh, there and you can feel how new they are with it because in some of the shots where they're a bit farther away, the art style really is not helping out.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's like, I wanted to really like it because there were a few shots, especially like during fight scenes when it's a little closer up that I was like, okay, yeah, I can get behind this. Uh, but like Drew said, like there's a few parts where it's further away and I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know about all that. Um. I wasn't part of the I wasn't part of this when you guys talk about Long Halloween, but I think it works with Long Halloween personally. But with Man of Tomorrow, I don't know, like you said, it's kind of new to them, so maybe they'll grow into it a little bit, but there's a lot to be desired with the animation here.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's just I, I agree with you when you're talking about Long Halloween, too, because that felt like a at the time a standalone kind of thing. Like oh we we're just trying something new, but now knowing like this is the whole universe's style, I don't know. Like I don't remember disliking it for the Flash movie, but I, just rewatching this again, I just the entire movie going, man, this is a choice. I don't know if I would have went with it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think like it's because the art style definitely lends itself to either being either very muscular or very slender bodies. On everything else, it looks a bit off like if you like look how lois and supergirl look it's like it works for them if you look how uh superman and batman look it works for them if you look at how brainiac uh brainiac 5 or martian man original alien form looks and even
0: parasite it's like it's not looking very good for them yeah talking about standout performances i think this was a very good voice cast Especially to me, I think the standout was Ryan Hurst as Lobo. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, Ryan Hurst, who I believe was the best friend character on Sons of Anarchy, and he was also in The Walking Dead, I think that's the same actor that I'm thinking of in my head. I should have done some research before this show. (laughs) (laughs) Research? What are we, professional? (laughs) But I think he does a fantastic job just being entertaining. The whole time you don't want him to die But he's just the biggest dick The entire time And he causes this entire movie He's the one who ruins this poor man's life And turns him him into parasite pretty much And he does
1: not give a fuck I don't think he knows
0: (laughs) (laughs) No he knows He just doesn't give a fuck Uh, Zachary Quinto, I think, does a really good job as Lex Luthor. I think Alexandra Daddario does a pretty good job as Lois Lane. Same thing with Darren Criss. But the two to me are probably Zachary Quinto and Ryan Hurst.
2: Obviously, we've already talked about Ryan Hurst, so I'm not going to say anything else about him. One thing I do want to say about Darren Criss as Superman that I feel like he really got right that a lot of performers don't, or at least modern performers, is... Superman's kind of a dork, especially in his early years or Clark Kent, I should say. He's kind of a dork and I think he nails it in here. You know, he's kind of a uh, I guess bumbling is the best way to put put it. Um, but he's not really putting on a show. That's just he's just kind of a dorky boy scout from Kansas and I think He, he nails
0: sounds it. dorky without sounding pathetic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he sounds like a dork. thats It's a perfect way to put it. He doesn't sound like a brute who doesn't have a brain in between his ears. It's just, he comes off as that's who he is. And like you said, Donnie, it's not a show. It's just that's Clark Kent's
1: personality.
2: <laughs> I know this isn't really Darren Chris's thing, but I figured I'd bring it up now since we're talking about Superman being a dork. There's the part before he gets the suit, when he's in his bedroom by himself, and he ties a blanket around himself because he wants to see what he looks like with a cape. Like that's just that's beautiful. I love that. And he does it because
0: Lois thinks it's cool.
1: Too. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It's just a picture it, of
0: Batman with it. I love yes. how Batman has influenced Superman's costume on multiple occasions in this movie. Yes, <laughs> yeah. From Lois to also uh, Clark's mom saying like she just tried to use Batman's suit the nice Batman, the fella, nice Batman. He goes, he's like, yeah. I
1: don't, <laughs> I don't wish you being totally like that guy from. Gotha, but you know. Any other standout performances before we move on? Martian Manhunter, played by yeah. Ike Amadi.
0: Let me get the actor's name again. Let Let me make sure because he deserves it. Ike Amadi. Hmm. He had the best fake death I have ever seen in a movie. Now, that might seem like I'm exaggerating, but I watched this movie the first time a few months back, and I legit thought they killed off Martian Manhunter halfway through this movie. And I Mm -hmm. was upset at that, because I was like, this is a fucking waste. Screw this movie. And the reason I thought that is because of this guy's performance. Straight out of a horror movie. Yeah, this dude, it's like, I've heard him in quite a few things,
1: and I gotta say... This dude who has range, like I don't like I don't know if you guys have seen uh Mortal Kombat Legends Scorpion's Revenge, but he plays Jack Briggs, and sometimes I can barely yes. hear him in that voice, but it's him, and it's crazy. Oh, he is like he's like working the Martian Manhunter voice here, and just giving John this air of wisdom, but also caution. It, it's like. Ooh, it's like I did not know I needed him as Martian Manhunter till I got him as Martian Manhunter, and I am all here for it.
0: Oh yeah, he's great.
1: Any other standouts? Like, have we talked about Alexandria Daddario as Lois Lane?
0: Not really. I think I mentioned it earlier in passing, but
1: okay. Well, Alexandria, uh, well, Alexandria, <laughs> Al- Alexandra Daddario <laughs> as Lois Lane <laughs> fucking slaps. Like this, wo- like this woman feels like she can carry everything in the room and it's like she has such confidence but you also feel like but you also like feel like ah uh, she has to be especially with how people keep introducing her it's like Lex showing no restraint of saying oh yes hey Lois hey Lois she uh she did the thing with uh the Lex Luthor journalism grant and everything and it's like I hope you enjoyed the champagne. It's like, dude, seriously. <laughs> and then Perry is not much better. It's like I get. It's like I get. It's Perry's roasting and everything, but it's like after her day, it's like I can feel for her. It's like Perry introducing her as, "Oh yeah, now this is a real reporter. You all should learn." And they all just dislike her because of that,
0: even though that he was even Perry's
2: routine. <laughs> he even says, and now they all hate you,
0: like. It's great. I'm glad you talked about Lois here, because this gets right into my next topic, which is the way this movie treats Superman and Lois in this movie. Because this is really their beginnings at the Daily Planet. And one thing I really loved about this is we've seen the origin story for Superman countless times. Like you said, Drew, I think it is played out. It's a bit like Spider-Man in that regard. But one thing I think that they did differently is they kind of cast both characters a bit like rivals in a way like friendly rivals because lois is not like the most caring co-worker in this movie (laughs) she's a bit of a dick throughout the entire movie and i really like that and not everything has to be done in one movie especially when you got this animated universe that you're building you can have these characters grow And having Lois and Clark here, just kind of, you can tell the vibe they got already. You can tell, like, the chemistry they do have. But you don't have to commit to anything in this movie. You can have them grow as they go on. And that's what this really felt like. It felt like a new beginning. Like, both characters were kind of just doing their own thing and felt fresh. I think that's the best thing to say about it. Like, both characters did feel fresh.
1: I also like how she's sort of his mentor in this movie, both for Superman, like unintentionally and Clark um, intentionally like she's the one, yeah. like she's the one who first gives him advice. It's like, hey, if you're going to be a reporter, you got to ask the questions. You can't be you can't be uh, stiff on them. And then she also gives like her her um reporting advice of power moves and everything. And Clark kinda uses it against her because he has to, since so she's like <laughs> trying to overwhelm him.
0: There's no kinda, of but he does <laughs> in the movie. Fantastic. Yep, straight up uses it. Mm-hmm. I love how Lois just accepts it too, just like, yeah, alright, you know what? Respect. Superman <laughs> just played me. Uh, I love it,
1: it's it's awesome their, dyna- their dynamic is pretty cool And I would love to see Going forward, seeing them as Friends to best friends To then having that romantic
0: attraction Yeah That's what I'm saying, like, in this New anime universe, you can take your time A bit, Yeah, and that's really worked To this movie's advantage Knowing you didn't have to put the two together In this movie, that they didn't have to Be best friends by the end of the movie it just, it felt more natural of a relationship there. Like, they just met, it, I don't know, it just felt, like I said earlier, it felt like a fresh dynamic that we haven't really seen all too much in the Superman Lois camp.
1: Yeah, it, it's a, it, like you said, it's a new feeling to it. I honestly feel like this, I feel like it's more like the New 52, because in the comics of the New 52, it was like that before. And uh, because they were more pushing Superman and Wonder Woman's relationship, but at the same time, it's like seeing Clark and Lois be more friends and how far they'll go for each other as friends was a pretty cool thing. So seeing it come to here for the uh man for the Tomorrowverse is really nice.
2: Yeah, um, you know, to kind of go off of the whole Lois is, you know, kind of a jerk a little bit to Clark is when you know, his first fight with Parasite and she comes to see him in his apartment. You know, she's acting like, oh yeah, I'm here to make sure you're okay. But really, she's just there to take the... to take his story away from him. I think that was such a great scene because I think that really, uh... I want to try explains the relationship at that point, And it's just... it's perfect.
1: It, it is also classic
2: Lois. Yes, it's, it's beautiful.
0: I think it also really shows the good writing for lois and the good performance from alexandra Daddario, that she remains likable throughout the whole movie while kind of being a dick in that moment it gives the character some flexibility to where again bringing back to what i was saying earlier it doesn't feel like the character's being fake or we're trying to quickly rush to the finish line of oh yeah superman and lois have to be together it's just the way it is so i don't know it just i really love that scene for that reason I agree with you, Donnie. Let's talk about Lex Luthor here. Because this was a very good introduction, I think, to Lex Luthor. In the same vein that we just talked about with Lois and Clark. To where you see the beginnings of, oh, this this son of a bitch right here. Who's going to (laughs) double-cross Superman at every opportunity that he has. What did you guys think of Lex in this movie?
2: I really liked Lex. Uh like you said, it kind of you know, it is just like barely scraps the surface of what Lex will probably end up doing, you know, because clearly all he cares about is power. You know, if people die because of it, so be it. He just wants that power. You know, I think they're you know, the greatest uh, example of that in this movie is, you know, he teams up with Superman, he's like, Yeah, yeah sure. Let's let us let us do it. And then Superman finds out he's already teamed up with Lobo. Because he teamed up with Lobo, he sees Superman arguably more powerful, so then he teams up with Superman, and then with Superman's fighting Parasite, he's just like, yeah, you know what? I want you all to be my slaves. Let's let's do it. And that's just perfect
1: Lex Luthor. It also feels like it does have a gradual buildup, because sometimes the Lex Luthor reveals go a little bit too hard. Uh, and too fast and everything especially for a guy who's trying to appear to be altruistic it's like for this one it's like they show that he does not really he does not really need to feel altruistic at all it's like he fully he fully exploits lois in front of a bunch of reporters and how she got her information and (laughs) stuff and even when he's going and even when he's going and about to be arrested everything he's like i hope you It's like, I hope you enjoyed the champagne. And it's like, oh, Petty as hell. It's perfect Lex Luthor. Perfect Lex Luthor.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with both of you. I think the ending, too, that's... We'll talk about the final fight later, but the ending is where I think you see that and you're like, oh, okay, so this is... They're going to be doing this for a long time. (laughs) Because Lex, at the worst opportunity, just goes, you know... I don't really care who wins between Parasite and Superman. You both have problems to me. <laughs> so it's just, he's such a dick. And the sad part is, and even in the Tomorrowverse, the man's already been arrested. I feel like he's somehow just going to continue to gain power <laughs> over the course of this universe. Oh, yeah. But I definitely agree with you guys. Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on Lebo? Oh <laughs> okay, okay.
1: This one you really should go first, Donnie, because otherwise you're not gonna have anything.
0: Drew's got a ten minute rant of positivity. <laughs> Just waiting. Did you write it down, Drew? I have some notes. Okay.
2: I mean, Lobo was great. Um, you know, I know this is a Superman movie and I was excited to see Superman become Superman. But every time Lobo showed up, I'm like, man, can this just be a Lobo movie? I mean, just everything that came out of his mouth. Um, I don't want to say you love to hate him, because you can't even bring yourself to hate him. I mean, one of the last things he says is he has to go take a giant space dump. I mean, that's it's perfect. Uh, when Lois is interrogating him, he's just so crass. He's just vulgar. But you can't help to just almost want to cheer every time he shows up on screen.
0: It's just natural charisma of the not even the performance. I, I've already talked about Ryan Hurst. Ryan Hurst is the standout of this movie to me, but it's not even just the performance, it's also just the character of Lobo. Just feels gravitating like you want to see more from the character. Drew, what are your thoughts, man? First thing I want
1: to say is that for Justice League War World. Uh, it is unfortunate that they are replacing Ryan Hurst with John DiMaggio. John DiMaggio is the GOAT. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. He might be great as Lobo. He, yes, yeah, absolutely. he might be great as Lobo. But Ryan Hurst was so perfect that I'm just not ever going to be able to see it as an upgrade. Or even a slide grade. <laughs> I, it's just... he He was too good. He was too good. However, <laughs> the way I see Lobo is that he's kind of like... Deadpool for me And I don't like Deadpool I feel like he is meme and internet humor To an unfathomable,
0: annoying degree
1: Would you have said
0: this 10 years ago?
1: Yes 100% I I have always felt this way about Deadpool
0: Cause I feel like Deadpool I, I get where you're coming from now Because of how popular Deadpool has become For everybody And I can understand why that would be annoying to a certain extent. Because of all of the Deadpool-isms that have entered comic book media. And really just movie media in general. And everybody trying to pull a Deadpool. But Deadpool when it first came out, the movie, was such a shock.
1: Okay, so let me let me put it to you this way, Taylor. What you are feeling now that happened after the Deadpool movie is what has been going on with the comic book universe since the 2000s. This is not new. It's always been there. I was shocked when Ryan Reynolds made Deadpool not internet humor. And I was actually glad because that's a tolerable Deadpool. I can even see myself liking that Deadpool. Unfortunately, most of the time, it's internet meme Deadpool and he gets on my nerves. Now, like I said, Lobo can get to that point where they go too far with him being craft to the point where it's not fun you're just wondering what's with all the dick jokes and what's with all and what's with um the constant the constant swear words like he's a 10 year old kid this lobo is the perfect balance of craft of fun of confidence of you want to punch him at the same time you want to get him a cigar this lobo is the perfect perfect balance to make him just awesome. This is the level I love. This is the level I look for in the com, in the comics all the time. And it's like you, he- it's like everything he does is just fun and awesome. Even when he's just literally tr- uh, making Lois go crazy by doing the apoplexian mating dance. No, not apoplexian. That's benten. Uh, zarnian <laughs> mating
0: dance. <laughs> I love how Drew. Just basically pulled the bane on us. That's (laughs) when you merely adopted the darkness. I was born (laughs) in it.
1: Basically, yeah. (laughs) It's like, I guess, guess, yeah, you're right, Taylor. I was born in it. Molded by it. (laughs) Uh... I also love Lobo's just crazy array of weaponry. It's like you could have you could have just a regular gun that shoots electricity. Nah, I'm shooting flying electric eels or slugs or whatever those were to like just attack <laughs> you. Hey, don't struggle; they'll make them vengeful. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it, it's just great.
0: It's a perfect line. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I think Donnie hit the nail on the head, though. Like, Lebo's just a dick the entire movie. And you really, like, you don't want to, really. But at the same time, you do want to like the guy. (laughs) He just has that energy about him. (laughs) Like, even at the end, he's talking to Clark. And he's like, I called in a bomb threat to get everybody out of here. Superman's like, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't lie. It's like I'm not lying. He has bomb strapped to him. What the fuck is your problem, man? <laughs> that is my
1: favorite moment, Lobo moment of the movie. It's like this classic Lobo. It's like, oh, I didn't lie. Literally has a bomb, vest full of bombs to use against parasite. It's it's, it's great. great.
0: I love too. At the end of the movie, Martian Manhunter, like he's trying to make Martian Manhunter, air quotes here, more cool. And then he still was like, ah, you still sound like a dork. Alright, I'm getting out of here. As Donnie referenced already, he had to go take a massive space dump. He can only do it at his place. It's just it's it's a perfect ending and I don't typically love when movies end on jokes. And I blame the MCU phase four for that because it's completely mm-hmm. just soured me on it. I will admit, if the movie ended on Superman going, I hope he doesn't come back. I would have been completely okay with that. That was a great time. I'm glad we got what we got. I'm just saying. Would have been a perfect day. <laughs> but let's go ahead and move on to... Well, since we're already talking about Lobo. Let's talk about Superman versus Lobo. Which is the first... like I think it's the first real action sequence we get in this movie. Yep. It's the very first one. That ends with full-on nudity. From... Superman, which I did not expect going into this movie. So, uh, what did you guys think of this fight? <laughs> the Superman nudity definitely comes out of nowhere. It's it
1: like I it's like I get that technically he's not in a super suit, so no way he can handle reentry. At the same time, because of the way the movie has been going, mostly I didn't expect it. <laughs> uh, it it's hilarious. What do you guys think of the action sequence, though?
2: I think my favorite part about it is, you know, this is the first time in Superman's life that he fought somebody like this that's equal to his power. And so, you know, Superman, he's fighting for his life. And to Lobo, it's just a big joke. He's just like, yeah, this is fun. And it's its just a perfect dynamic for the, for the first fight.
0: Yeah, and a lot of the times people say, like, Superman hides his power and he's not at full strength. I do think you do have the, I don't want to say the cop-out, but you do have the storyline there of, oh, yeah, he's inexperienced, he's young, he doesn't really know his full potential at that point. So I can see a younger Superman versus Lobo to where Lobo, being the more experienced fighter, can kind of get under Superman's skin and make it more even. I also
1: like the fact that they don't explicitly say, like, He's never been hurt before. It's like you can see it in his eyes and everything. It's just they use the expressions really well to show Superman is like, oh it's like, oh man, that actually that actually hurt. He actually can hurt me. And even like when he's like first fi- fighting him with Lobo first goes for fisticuffs, it's like Superman ghosts just block him, and then you can see him actually grimace before Lobo hits him again. It's like he Superman did
0: not expect that he could keep up. It's, it's great. I did think this fight was really good, though, especially because of Martian Manhunter, who we're about to talk about. But it also, like you said, it showed off... It was just... It worked on so many levels. It showed off Clark in his first, like, real fight that had any kind of stakes to it for him. It worked to introduce Martian Manhunter. It worked to show off Lobo's personality. It worked to give Clark a little bit of background on who he is because something I do love about this version of Superman is he doesn't have all the answers. He doesn't know he came from Krypton and he had parents from there who sent him off and all that stuff. Like he figured that out throughout the movie and it's not done as like a massive plot point. It's done as a like, oh, we're going to address this later. He has more pressing needs right now that he needs to attend to. And I felt like that was more natural too for Lebo to be like, "You're the last Kryptonian," and all that stuff. It just, it really did fit for the movie. I don't know. It just, it felt more chill, I think, of the story compared to many Superman stories we've gotten in the past.
1: Yeah, I can see that. It does feel a bit more. It does feel a bit more chill, but also it's like you can still feel the tension and everything. They decide not to go with like world-ending stakes and everything. It feels very. Like, not restrained, but also, like, they know what they're trying, what um, stories they're trying to do, and they know they don't need to, like, keep amping it up.
0: Yeah, there's major stakes to it. There's a sacrifice at the end. Metropolis could have got blown up at the end. Like, there's stakes there to it, and it has a big underlying theme of Clark trying to reveal his true identity to the world and how he wants to do that and learning more about himself. And hoping that people will accept him for being an alien. That's all there, but it doesn't feel like as. It doesn't feel broody like A Man of Steel. It doesn't feel like they're deconstructing the character like something out of Superman vs. the Elite. Both of those movies are great for vastly different reasons. Just going back to what I was saying, this movie just feels like more of a. Look, we're going to have a little bit of that here, but we're also just trying to have a good time and have a. Good introduction for Superman And that's where I think it really thrived Yeah Where I don't think it thrived Is with Parasite (laughs) Nice (laughs) As a concept As a concept I love it Especially with the Whole alien dynamic there I just like I mentioned earlier It was the whole I don't know how In control he is the entire time And him being so sympathetic That there were times in the movie To where I go, you seem like you're under control of what you're doing, and you're killing a bunch of people, which goes against your character completely. So, what the hell's going on here?
2: I think I agree with you. Um, I like him, I do for the most part, but yeah, it feels like almost like they put too much stock into you know Superman, Lobo especially, and then Parasite almost feels like an afterthought in a way. You know, I feel like that's a shame because exactly yeah he's the main villain but he feels like an afterthought, which is a shame because he is a pretty cool character but like you said is he in control is he fighting for control what's what's his deal and the movie just doesn't really explain it very well um and i feel like that's kind of a shame i feel like parasite unfortunately is probably the weakest part of the movie for me
1: yeah and the thing is is like i was super excited when i heard heard his when i heard his name at the beginning of the movie i was like oh that's parasite i'm honestly excited to see where this goes and that's a great first villain to fight while also not being just a carving clone of suits it's like he can be but he doesn't have to be so i thought that was like a cool medium and then it's like oh um i kind of just like you're kind of just there aren't you It feels like he doesn't really (laughs) have full on stakes in the movie, despite the fact that, like he, like he is the main villain and it's like he's the main he's the main threat. But it's also like the whole feeling of alienation, everything. I also feel like if there was like some hope to turn him back, because it seems like they didn't have that just of stopping him. Yeah. It's like having that small bit of hope that he could go back to his family would have been instrumental in making it feel like he has more stakes in this movie. But it's like it feels like he he doesn't really have them. It's like we it's like he's he's just treated like kind of the monster we got to take down and we can do it with kindness.
0: This movie yeah. desperately needed two more saints. Just two more scenes. One being showing off the confliction, I guess, with Parasite and Rudy. If it was kind of something going on in his brain, whatever chemicals were in there, making him think that he needs the power and is just destroying his own personality in the process. Well, you know, just having that uh, Dr. Octopus kind of vibe about it. If that's the way that they wanted to go.
1: Well, technically he had to like absorb to like, repair himself because his or- originally when it started out his organs yeah. were all failing
0: and the second thing the second scene i think they desperately needed is exactly what you said just some kind of stakes to have it to where oh rudy can survive and they can turn him back because as badass as it is and i mean this truly parasite being a freaking kaiju at the end is awesome I love how he comes in like Godzilla at the end, just (laughs) swimming up to the power plant. It's fucking awesome. The Superman versus the kaiju at the end. What more could you want? That being said, there's no stakes for him to come back as a human. So it it makes his sacrifice. You care about it for Superman because you like Superman. I don't really care for it for Rudy because I don't really like Rudy. Because he killed a bunch of people. And I don't really know if he was in control of himself there. And he couldn't really be turned back. So I feel like this was the ending he was getting no matter what. <laughs> Poor
2: Rudy. I have one last missed opportunity, I think. Uh, you know, when Parasite grabs hold of Superman, he takes his powers. But he also takes his memories. or his. So he knows Superman's secret identity. He knows everything about him. And they don't do anything with it. You know, they could have done something interesting in that. They could have upped the stakes a little bit for Superman personally. But they just don't. I think they mention it once, maybe. But they just don't do anything.
0: Yeah, he just goes, the intern. Or kal Like, that's a yeah. massive... Like, like it's going to be a massive plot point at some point, somehow. But it just doesn't. Like, he doesn't even... It doesn't seem like that appeals to Rudy later, to me. Like, it was just him seeing yeah, the mother and... Child and him go. Oh shit! It's like my family. That's what got him. Mm -hmm. Like he could have went after his
2: parents. He could have went after Lois. As cliched as that is, I mean, at least it would have done something with that. But it just doesn't.
1: I feel like the parents would have been a better choice because Lois doesn't
0: have the that stake yet. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about Martian Manhunter though, because I think Martian Manhunter. We already kind of talked about him earlier. Uh, He is a standout in this movie to me. Even though he's taken out about halfway through and comes back at the end just to uh, kind of steal the glory of bit, I think, <laughs> which is a taller <laughs> move. But... I don't mind at all. What do you guys think of Martian
1: Manhunter? Martian Ma- Martian Manhunter is so dope. The moment I saw the dude in the uh, hat, even though Martian Manhunter was not in the uh, in the advertising for the movie, like they were keeping him a secret. It's like, the moment I saw him, it's like, that's Martian Manhunter. That's yep. John Jones. Uh, I could not, I and I could not contain my giggles through the movie as I just waited for him to show up <laughs> and everything. And initially, I thought he was going to approach Clark after the Lobo fight. Him being in the Lobo fight was a shock to me. And I was like, oh my God, they're doing it. They're showing Martian Manhunter at his best. I love it. It's like even it's like he only gets really taken down by Lobo because he gets distracted by Clark for a quick sec. And then it's like literally he pieces out right when Clark is about to go meteor on Lobo. It's it's awesome to see his powers on display and how kind of dangerous he can be to even Superman, but he chooses not to be. Like he like that I love that. I also love how he only approaches Superman because it's like, okay, you're really showing off a bit to the humans now. And I'm trying to keep a low profile. Profile. If you show yourself to the world, it's like, I have a chance of being discovered, too. We've been with these awesome shape-shifting abilities. Please reconsider. I just, I I love him in this movie. And I love how he's sort of a mentor, but he also learns from Clark as well. He's like, Clark has a lot of mentors in this movie, and I'm loving it. I'm stopping there. Donnie, go before I take more. <laughs>
2: I'm just, above everything else, I'm just thrilled that he's finally, Martian Manhunter's finally getting some love because he is such a, such a cool character. Yeah, he is. Um, And if, he's, like, you know, I loved him. You know, I grew up watching the Justice League animated series and that's when I was kind of introduced to him. And so, you know, watching him in this movie reminded me, you know, when I first watched this movie when it came out, reminded me of first seeing him in the animated series when I was a kid. It just, when he first shows up, it was He's just such a cool character.
0: I do love how you have that difference between Superman, Lobo, and Clark. Or not Superman, Lobo. Uh, between Superman, Lobo, and Martian Manhunter. Where there are three, like they say at the end of the movie, they're all the last of their people. But they're all so vastly different in how they treat that. Martian Manhunter wanted to stay hidden. Superman was kind of debating on revealing himself to the world and announcing, like, hey, I'm a Kryptonian from outer space. My whole people are dead, and he learns that later. And Lobo just doesn't give a shit. He's just out there doing his own thing. He could care less, it appears, of his entire species being gone. Well, he
1: did kill them all, so... Is that legit? Because I thought that was a (laughs) joke. That's his origin in the comics. That is his origin in the comics. Yeah. (laughs) He He killed them all for a science
0: project and gave himself an A. Wow, that is very surprising. (laughs) I need to learn more about that. But that's for all fair. But yeah, man, I love how different all three of these characters were. And then Martian Manhunter also being Superman's first, I guess, team up in this new universe. It kind of feels like they kind of start the Justice League here. Like They're the first two foundational pieces that'll later, of course, have Green Lantern and Batman, Wonder Woman, all that into it. So I don't know. I, I really like their dynamic in this movie. I, I don't know how like integral Martian Manhunter is into the Kryptonians in the comics. How much he teams up with them? Not it is interesting. How how much is it non-existent?
1: Yeah, like Martians Martians generally kept to their own planet. It's the reason why Jean is literally one of the last. Like they were on Mars, and there was a small colony that tried to. I think it was Jupiter that they tried to be on and stuff, but it was a whole thing. Yeah, that's one of the reason why John and Miss Martian and uh, Malva Ock are the last three Martians in the comics, mostly. Although that can be scheduled to change because sometimes the writers are like, oh, no, John isn't the last. It's like John goes from the last Martian to just being stranded on Earth more times in the comics than than, uh, Batman goes through sidekicks. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this final fight And get out of here So we had a huge final fight With Parasite Again as a kaiju Just coming up And really wrecking the shit out of everybody Superman can't really do anything Martian Manhunter really doesn't Get into the fray He, he kind of learned his lesson after last time He barely got out without dying And faked his death And Lobo Quote, unquote, dies. Which I thought was hilarious. (laughs) Especially the way (laughs) he went out. And There's a little part of him was still there, so he can regenerate. Classic What did you guys think of this final battle? What did you guys think of the ending?
2: Like you said earlier, it's like Superman fighting a kaiju. And how can you not love that? I mean, even though Parasite may not be the most well-rounded character, but how can you not love Superman fighting a kaiju? Um... A kaiju that can absorb his superpowers, exactly. Which I mean, it's and how Superman keeps trying to get him to absorb his powers so he can use his weakness against him, which I think is just so smart on so many levels.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything Donnie said, and I really do. I really do like how for soups and everything, it's like he ha is like he's the one coming up with the plans and everything. Everyone else is more of oh we're doing our own thing lex has a plan but it's like technically he's sabotaging his own plan and everything and everything <laughs> and uh Margin manhunter gets to come back in and everything and he gets to uh stop lex which is pretty cool and honestly i actually feel like that's pretty that's a pretty nice thing t- for um mm especially considering lex had already set up lexcorp to house uh aliens and stuff he had the containment Pod pre-made and everything in hopes of getting an alien. So uh, mm-hmm. guess it. Guess it's uh, Lex's own uh, xenophobia coming back to bite him in the butt. But also, like I also like Lobo just blowing himself up just because he knows he can come back is it's per it's perfect. That's Lobo. Lobo to a T.
2: I like to feel like Lobo didn't think it was gonna kill Parasite. He just wanted to do it because he thought it was funny. Same. That's how I read it.
1: <laughs> same I also do love the ending and everything. Like when if before even Martian Manhunter said anything, I was like, "Oh yeah, all three of them are literally the last of their kind." And then I, and then my immediate thought, "Wait, wait, is the did Lobo kill his kind in this continuity?" And then he straight down confirms it. It's like for a comic reader, that's like, ah oh, man, ah oh, man.
0: See, he straight <laughs> up confirms it, and then he denies it. So I don't know what to believe anymore. See, I am one hundred percent that he did
1: it. Because why wouldn't? Because why wouldn't he? It's Lobo. We see how he acts.
0: He probably did just do. So it he felt the awkwardness. Lobo feels the awkwardness <laughs> from that and goes, "I gotta play this off as a joke." Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you know, it's like well, that's Lo- saying a lot.
1: Lobo is <laughs> known for killing many things. The vibe ain't one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but i i love but I love this I also love Superman's final power play against Lois like we talked about it before gotta bring it up because that is great uh that is great uh, um characterization and learning from and learning from Lois and turning it back at her it's awesome
0: yeah I thought the final fight even though it's a bit hollow because of parasite I still really enjoy it mostly because of Superman and how. Well executed, Superman has been to that point to where I think I mentioned this earlier. The whole sacrifice with Rudy, you don't really feel for it too much with Parasite because you're not that attached to the character, other than the baseline. Oh, he had a family. Ah, oh, he seemed like a really good guy before he turned into a kaiju. That sucks. But with Superman, you've seen him the whole movie. You kind of can tell where his feelings are like what he's trying to accomplish as superman and having it it kind of feels like he fails yeah in this movie Mm -hmm. even though it's hopeful and the day is saved to him he feels like he failed because rudy died and that was too much for him too not rudy i got him coffee that one time (laughs) (laughs) as for the ending i thought it was another one of those things to where it was pretty hopeful, kind of like what we see at the end of the long Halloween, surprisingly pretty hopeful for a Batman movie. I think with him and spoilers here for the long Halloween. I'm sorry. This movie's been out a while, but with him and Catwoman <laughs> together and there's trick or treaters coming and then there's a justice league cameo at the very end. I don't know this, the whole tomorrow verse doesn't seem too dark and gritty, which I kind of enjoy. I, I don't, I like dark and gritty. I think DC needs a little bit of dark and gritty. I don't think it needs to be all dark and gritty. That's where I think the DCU kind of went off the rails. Darkness is meant to enhance the
1: light as light is meant to enhance the dark.
0: Yeah, and I I don't know if the Tomorrowverse is going to be a banger for DC. I don't know if the DCU is going to be a banger for DC, but... I feel like they're in the right direction in terms of tone. Things do get serious. There are jokes. There's dark moments. There's all sorts of... It, it's just a huge spectrum that a movie goes down. It doesn't need to be all dark. It doesn't need to be all jokes. And I feel like that's a nice vibe to be in. with the Tomorrowverse is going down. And what I think the DCU will be going down to. I think this is kind of the vibe we're going to be getting with DCU. I think you're going to be getting probably a little more jokes. But I think that blend of, yeah, that got pretty dark. And, oh, that's some nice optimism there. Let's talk about our favorite and least favorite moments along with our final thoughts. I already said my final thoughts pretty much. I'll just go ahead and get my favorite, least favorite moments out of the way. Favorite moments? Anything with Lobo, <laughs> just anything. <scene. laughs> Favorite moment right there, just
1: okay. Let's just get awesome. this out of the way. Is everyone's favorite moment anything with Lobo?
0: Yes, essentially, yes. yeah. I mean... <laughs> okay,
1: you got you got a viewer, you got it, listeners. It's just anything with Lobo. That's our
0: favorite moment. <laughs> My other one would be we didn't talk about this scene, but I love the scene where Martha gives Clark the suit. Oh, yes, it's so mm-hmm. so uh, so heartwarming so yeah it's just so heartwarming it just it feels like that both his parents kind of just finally give him the go-ahead to be like hey you do you it's your decision we're not pushing you but we are going to support you in this decision i don't know it just it's so heartwarming it's so just a little wholesome especially compared for the last time comparing it to dceu to where it felt like it was just such a struggle It doesn't have Mm. to be that (laughs) hard. You can make it just feel like more of a natural like connection there. So I thought that was a fantastic moment. Uh, Least favorite moment? I don't know. I don't really have a least favorite moment. This movie's pretty good all the way around. I would just say the lack of parasite as a focus is probably my least favorite moment because he does feel like I think Donnie, you're the one who said it. That he's just there. Yeah. He has mm-hmm. some scenes where he kills some people as, you know, talking about the vibe of the movie getting dark. Oh yeah, <laughs> that gets brutal real fast. But <laughs> other than that, you just you don't have the sympathy there, I think. Other than a baseline sympathy. So that's where my big, least favorite moment would come from. A lack of Rudy. What about you, Donnie?
2: Uh, least favorite. That's like you said, it's kind of tricky. I guess, I guess if we're talking specifics, I guess it's not just the fact that you know there's parasite, but it's his family kind of disappears after a while. You know, you think you maybe you would have Superman talking to them, but they just kind of stop showing up, and you get no closure with them. And that I think that's kind of lame.
0: Oh yeah, that's true. You got any other favorite moments? Final thoughts before we move on, Drew? Uh.
1: I guess my uh, for my other favorite moment it's when Martian Manhunter uh, meets the Kent and Clark because it starts it does it does start out with this tense feeling because of how Martian Manhunter is using his powers on Jonathan it's like if you didn't know that was Martian Manhunter you're you're probably like freaking out over what's happening to John and uh, also I do like the uh, show of control and again. Again, superior experience that Martian Manhunter has over Clark, but then it's like he's sitting down with him and just having tea, and it's just like this nice scene between the two. It's like God, da- God dang it! I want a Martian Manhunter Superman movie now. <laughs> As you should. Least favorite moment? Um, I'm gonna say my least favorite moment probably has to be during the uh the uh rocket catching scene. It's like. I don't, I don't know what it is, but I just like, eh, it's, it's there. It's like everything around it is pretty good, but for some reason, the rocket catching scene just does not do anything for me. Just basic cliched Superman. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and the thing is, I like basic cl- cliched Superman, especially when it works. But it's just like I feel like the rocket scene might have been unnecessary. We already knew Le- Lex was going to jail once uh, Lois, um, led on about, uh the legal funding and everything it's like i feel like the rocket scene is just to have um soups show up and do something yeah yeah you needed that first initial introduction yeah i do like his suit though like if he know ne- if superman never got his costume that suit is pretty dope
0: let's get out of here let's talk about what we're working on where could people find us donnie what you're working on where could people find you
2: you can find me on Twitter at cinema underscore. And I am, of course, a list article writer on NerdStash.com. So if you want to go check us out there, um, I've got plenty of articles about games, movies, comics, books, anything you can think of.
0: Be sure to do that. Drew, what you working on? Where can we find you?
1: You can find me on YouTube on Fanfic, Wor- on Fanfic World. Uh, just look look me up and look for my most recent video when this comes out. Uh, replica hearts it's about king it's about um one of kingdom hearts uh, changes that they made for kingdom hearts 3 and kingdom hearts 3 d you know what the title that they used to trick us into thinking kingdom hearts 3 <laughs> yeah but uh go ahead and check me out there or you can look me up on the socials at drew underscore you can find me on twitter and instagram
0: be sure to do that as well and also be sure to if well depending on if you like this episode or not Head on over to our Discord, chat with us about Superman Man of Tomorrow, about what your predictions are for the DCU, for the next Superman movie. So, the link to our Discord is in the description of this episode. Next week, Drew, Tristan, and I are going to be doing a spoiler talk on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It's going to be a sad episode for me because it's probably my favorite franchise, not only in Marvel, but maybe ever. At this point, and I'm not ready to see these characters go.
1: Well, you you never know. It could be a passing the torch. The team
0: could go on with some new characters and some old. You never know. Drew, I'm guessing that at least two of my favorite characters are going to die. Yeah. And that's going to be pretty sad.
2: Yeah, not everybody's going to make it out.
0: Either Star-Lord or Rocket make it out that's all i ask for it's
1: one of the two if they really make star lord die after they went through the entire trouble of bringing back gamora just so this romance could happen i am gonna be pissed
0: (laughs) It's, it's gonna be so sad but it's gonna be probably so good cannot wait to get into that spoiler talk but that's for next week we're done for this episode hope everybody had a good time I want to thank Drew for joining me. I want to thank Donnie for joining me. I want to thank anybody for listening in. We'll see you next week.